The State of the Union is happening tonight, and coincidentally, a miracle has happened. The science has evolved. Whatever. Okay, and let's take a look at Biden's Supreme Court uh, nomination nominee. I heard her speak. She sounds very intelligent, but what is she really all about? This is Gene, and you're listening to Dumbasses Talking Politics. Hey, hey, this is Gene. Welcome back to Dumbasses Talking Politics. How you guys doing? All right. You know, the first thing I'm going to do is let's. I want to. I want to take a look at some sound bites. Now, I really don't know how these sound bites would have fit in, except in today's tone of the podcast. So I just decided. You know what? I'm just going to throw these in here and talk about them because they're so interesting and it's just my god they're just the democrats are so bad at this crap it's incredible so here's joe biden making a comment about black poverty and how his administration has saved black people Uh, i've got a bunch of thoughts about this Uh, i'm sure you've probably figured them out you'll figure them out before you even get to the end of the clip so let's listen to this tax cuts to eliminate and the, the estimate is that we've cut black poverty by over 30 percent we've reduced child poverty by more than 50 percent of the black community the american rescue plan also included historic funding that allows cities and states to invest in community violence intervention programs and keep neighborhoods safe look you're critical in getting the infrastructure law passed, the bipartisan bill that's going to get, that's going to do so much, it's going to replace decades of disinvestment in the United States of America. A commitment to reconnecting communities and people's and job opportunities. Lots, so much with the, the early investments in highways and interstates, they cut neighborhoods in half, they divided things. We can put it back together again. Okay. Just uh, two simple points here. First off, is there anybody in the world that believes the crap he just spewed? Reducing black poverty by 30%, reducing child poverty by 50%? Who is this guy freaking kidding? Is he, You know who doesn't believe that black pe- poverty has been reduced 30%? Black people. Do you know how we know that? In the last poll, he is dropping the black vote like crazy right now and how can he sit back and say oh well black poverty is going down poverty is going down and our inflation is at 7.4 percent which is the highest since the 80s and he think you know this is stuff he's going to bring up in the state of union tonight the reason he's talking about this now is he is going to bring this up but who in the hell is he kidding i also want to point something else out here my second point is that he is so busy concentrating on the black vote because that's what got him elected. He's concentrating on 13% of the population. And by the way, 13% of the population is not buying his crap anymore. He seems to be forgetting the Hispanic vote. You know, Hispanics, which make up about 30 to 35% of the population, he never mentions them. He's forgetting the white vote you know, 59% of the population. He keeps focusing. This is the problem with identity politics as a politician. You have to focus on everybody, but he doesn't. They don't. The fact of the matter is there has never been a president that has lost the white vote and became president. It's never happened. 
But meanwhile, this guy demonizes everybody all the time. And he focuses on one group. Well, he's losing the Hispanic vote. He's losing the independent and Republican vote. Heck, he's in the 70s with the Democratic, white Democratic vote. Hispanic vote is going away. Forget the Cubans. They want nothing to do with the guy. But he's he's going to go down this road. He'll mention it tonight. You watch. Here's, here's another one. This is the reason why we stooges do not see the recovery happening. He has a real explanation as why we don't realize how good we actually have it right now. Let's listen to old Joe talk about, oh, talk out of his ass, actually. But here he goes. There's a phenomenal negative psychological impact that COVID has had on the public psyche. And so you have an awful lot of people who are, uh, notwithstanding the fact that, uh, that things have gotten so much better for them economically, uh, that they are thinking, but how do you get up in the morning feeling happy? happy that everything's all right. Okay, just an absolutely asinine statement. So in other words, the problems of the country are not because the Biden administration's failed policies, but because we're unhappy because of COVID. So we've got some sort of psychological issue. Well, a couple of things on that. One, it was his government that pushed the lockdowns on COVID. Now, I don't know about you, but I have been out of the house. I haven't worn a mask in like a year. I have I have never carried I don't I still carry a mask, but I don't wear them. I've been pretty much living my life. And so it was his policies that actually locked everyone down. It was his policies that had this vaccine mandate, the um vaccine mandate, the mask mandates. He also, isn't he the one that said we were all going to die this winter if we didn't get vaccinated? His failure at the COVID policies may have created some psychological issues. But this also ignores that maybe it's not completely psychological issues. Gas is up by 40%. Um, inflation is at 7.4%. You can't, it, our, our shelves are empty at grocery stores. I mean, every grocery store I have, they're missing. Like, we went to Walmart. Walmart, for Christ's sake. They were out of pasta. No pasta in the place. That's mental a mental thing? I have two car dealerships right down the street from me. There are no cars. Why are there no cars? Because of the supply chain crisis. That's the other thing, the supply chain crisis. That doesn't exist. This is, I, you know what? Keep running on this. Keep running it. Keep telling people how psychologically unstable they are. And, that, and that's what's really the problem. Not the supply chain crisis. Not the unemployment problems we're having, which you know he's going to talk about tonight. If I have to hear one more time, well, 6 million people have jobs. Yeah, there should have been about 15 million, according to uh, estimates. 7.4% inflation. And by the way, that's 7.4% inflation that you and I are seeing. If you own a business, you're seeing 10% inflation. Beef prices are almost double. I, 
This guy, yeah, keep running on this. Keep pushing this stuff. Keep being, this is half the reason they don't want him interviewed. I think that's half the reason they're going to, they're going to really cut this State of the Union speech short. I guarantee you this State of the Union speech will be half hour to 45 minutes. It won't be very long, which is why I'm looking forward to hearing it because I know, actually, I'm looking forward to the speeches after. We'll get to that. Okay, and then finally, Kamala Harris, who, my God, you would think somebody would just hide microphones when she's around. She just is terrible at this. And this little statement that she made is going to be on every Republican congressional campaign ad this year. She really blew this, and I'm sure she's hearing about it. Here she is. Just listen. Because as we all know, elections matter. And when folks vote, they order what they want. And in this case, they got what they asked for. I went off script a little bit. I guarantee you she went off script a little bit. Because the script writers were probably all peeing their pants when she said that. By the way, what she is saying is from a... A political scientist, I don't know what his name is, what he basically said, we are in a democracy, and in a democracy you can choose what you want, and if you win, you get what you want, and then you will deserve to get what you want good and hard. That's exactly what she just said. And this is not something she made up. This is something that was said, and it basically was a negative about democracy. That sometimes you're going to get what you want, and then you're going to get it good and hard. This is exactly what's happening. Every Republican candidate for Congress should have this ad on loops on their website. This was a horrid, horrid flub by Kamala Harris. Really funny, but she's just terrible. That's your next president, by the way. I don't think Joe Biden's going to make it. I, I really don't think he'll finish his term. Um, he's Again, he survived his first year. I wasn't sure he was going to survive his first year. Okay, so the State of the Union is tonight, and I'm actually looking forward to this one. Uh, the things are so bad that I can't imagine what old Joe's going to say. I can't imagine what's going to come out of his mouth. I can guarantee you one thing or multiple things that are going to come out of his mouth. They're going to be lies. Or if he believes the lies, it's going to show that he's completely out of touch. So let's talk. This is what I think will come out of the speech. I think he's going to talk about the economy. He's going to talk about the six million new jobs that he created. By the way. And I won't do this when I, we tomorrow when I start editing that speech. I'm not even going to bring this up. The government doesn't create jobs. The government creates an environment that either encourages jobs or discourages jobs. Now, here's the kicker. Six million jobs he's going to say he created. Okay. Um, we were supposed to have... There were 20 million people out of work during COVID. Six million on the year that we opened... Uh, it should have been about 15 to 20 million. But Joe Biden and his stupid ass policies created an environment that people didn't want to go to work and people couldn't afford to hire. 
Not to mention inflation, and he wanted to raise taxes. Now he's putting in new uh, regulations that are going to stop people. uh, Well, the inflation by itself is stopping people from going out and innovating. He'll talk about the pay increases. Yes, people are now getting $15 an hour. Well, there's a couple of problems with that. They're getting $15 an hour because people can't hire anybody. Businesses will hire four people and they'll still be short. And that $15 an hour is not catching up with the inflation rate. If you're earning $15 an hour now, you actually took a pay cut because inflation has gone inflation has been averaging between five and a half and seven and a half percent for the last year. And something that I am a little surprised about, but I think he can't hide it. They are going to talk about inflation. Biden is going to talk about inflation. Now, my guess is that inflation, he is going to blame everything under the sun. He is going to say inflation and uh, the supply chain crisis, which is spurring on inflation, is because of Trump and because it's a world crisis. It's not just a United States crisis. He's going to blame the uh, the Ukraine war. He's going to blame the Ukraine war for gas prices being at four fifty a gallon. And by the way, gas prices have been at four fifty in California anyway. They've been at four fifty a gallon for about I don't know six months. There was no Ukraine war six months ago. So he's going to blame Trump. He's going to blame Ukraine, and he's going to state that everything is a world problem. That it's not just the United States and we just have to suck it up. I mean, he said that before, that we just need to suck it up. He's going to talk about his Supreme Court pick and how she's a black woman. Now, this Brown Jackson, I've heard her interviewed. She sounds like a fun person. I mean, I don't believe in anything she believes in, but she actually has a very bright personality and i can't pronounce her name i i have to look down at her name her first name kenjati or something i i'm not sure I, i'll get it right before i i know all the supreme court nom uh supreme court justices i'm gonna know this one too and i'm gonna learn to pronounce her name but um she seems like a very good she seems like a good person i don't agree with her politics how about that but he's gonna talk about her and then he's gonna bring up social justice He'll bring up some social justice. Again, he's got to appeal to the black... For some reason, the guy has to constantly appeal to the black vote. Forget the Hispanic vote. Forget the white vote. Forget the independent vote. Which, by the way, in the polls are showing is not helping him. Not only is it not helping him with the white and independent vote or the Hispanic vote, it's not helping him with the black vote. Of course, he'll talk about climate change, but here's the big thing he's going to do. Here's the big thing he's going to do. He's going to declare victory over COVID. The China virus, it will be officially over. We're going to get to that in a second. Actually, we'll get to it now, and then we'll continue with what I think he's not. No, we're not. I'm going to keep going. But COVID will officially be over. Yeah, we will talk about it now. Right now, you can see that with the China virus, everybody has changed the science. The science has changed. And suddenly, 
as if on script, everybody has stopped the COVID virus. The virus is gone. As of March 11th in California, the virus is gone. I guess on March 11th in California, that's when the virus just will cease to exist. It will become extinct. The CDC has changed their uh, opinion on the virus. I'm not going to read their entire statement. But they have said, basically, you know what? It's up to you whether you want to wear a mask or not. By the way, I it's been up to me as of like a year and a half ago. I, I, I just refuse to wear a mask. Definitely outside. I've even gotten yelled at about it. The question for people from Florida, the people from Texas... People like me, what took you so long? I mean, three, four months ago, we've had studies that said masks don't even work. And forget about the, the COVID shots. We know those don't work. They, they now have new studies that say that the COVID vaccines have an effectiveness on five-year-olds of 11%. 11 percent because now they, they're giving them to five-year-olds. And they're realizing, no, these kids are just getting it. They're not dying of it or anything. They're not getting sick. They don't have to go to the hospital. They catch a cold and that's it. And the the COVID vaccine isn't doing anything for them. That's from the CDC, folks. By the way, this is probably going to get my podcast banned from YouTube. Just an FYI. Washington, D.C. has dropped all mandates. New York City has dropped all mandates. New York State has dropped all mandates. New York City is going to be dropping mandates this week. California has ended all mandates. By March 11th, even schools are not going to have any mandates. March 11th is what they're saying. Now, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Schools in California... Josie just got a call from her daughter's school, and what did they tell her? They told her, well, yeah, the state's dropping it, but we might keep it going for a while. Because it's really kind of the state saying you could do whatever you... Yeah, so we'll see if the schools drop it. If the schools don't drop it, they need to fire all these people, as far as I'm concerned. Wearing a mask at 16 is freaking child abuse. Kid doesn't want to wear a mask, don't wear a mask. Okay, so COVID's over. This will be, this is important for Biden, by the way. One of the things everyone has said, both Democrats and Republicans have said, that somehow, somewhere, there has to be a pivot in this administration. The question is, what was he going to pivot on? Well, that's a tough question. He can't pivot on the economy unless he's going to say that all of my economic policies are bad. He can't really pivot in foreign policy. Unless he says all of my foreign policy decisions have been bad. The only thing he can pivot on is COVID. And most people think he's a year too late. California, I do not get asked to wear a mask anywhere in California. Even though we've had a mask mandate within California for the last four months. So it's... This is the only thing. And of course, he's going to talk about the Ukraine-Russia war, which he's got to talk about because that will be one thing that's important. He unified Europe. Here's a newsflash. He didn't unify Europe. Europe unified because they saw Russia was doing some really bad things. 
and they were afraid of Russia. They didn't want Russia going into Ukraine, taking over Ukraine, and walking into Poland, or walking into Finland, or walking into Sweden. Even Switzerland, the poster child of neutrality, has said they want to belong to the EU and they want to join NATO. I mean, this Vladimir Putin, has this had nothing to do with Joe Biden. And I think I said that in yesterday's podcast. Joe Biden had nothing to do... Matter of fact, Joe Biden was as surprised with... Uh, uh, the European Union and Germany's turnaround than anybody else, than the Russians were. So here's some things he's not going to talk about tonight. He won't talk about the border crisis. He's not going to talk about the pullout of Afghanistan. He's not going to talk about the spat between China and Taiwan, though I still think, I'm going to say this every podcast, that's what we need to be looking about. We need to not worry about Ukraine. Let Europe deal with Ukraine. Taiwan and China are going to be the next, uh, going to be the issue. Don't be shocked if within a month China is trying to take over Taiwan. He's not going to talk about the deficit, which increased seven trillion dollars under Biden. He won't talk about our debt to GDP ratio being one hundred and nineteen percent. Only about 30% from countries like Greece and Spain. He won't bring up the Build Back Better program because it's dead as Dillinger and he knows it. I do not expect this speech to be very long. I I said, now normally uh, a State of the Union is between 90 minutes and two hours. I think Trump's last year was about two hours. I don't. I will be shocked if this thing goes over forty-five minutes. I I would be sh- I would be surprised. Now we know he can sit up there for an hour to two hours, but there are a couple issues. One, it's way past his bedtime. He's going to be doing this at like nine o'clock his time. I don't think he can focus that long, and the longer he's up there, the more he's going to f up. And I think this is a big problem for the Biden administration. They do not want him saying anything to F it up. But there's another reason why I think it's going to be between 45 minutes and an hour. And it's the speeches after the State of the Union address. The Democrats do not seem real comfortable. Um, Governor Kim Reynolds, a Republican from Iowa, will give a rebuttal speech to Biden's State of the Union after, she's it. Governor, good state, strong state, very Republican, very conservative. But that's not it at the end. Typically, when the State of the Union has, happens, the opposing party will give a five-minute rebuttal. It's, I mean, it is figuratively five to seven minutes. It's never very long. But this time, the Democrats are going to give rebuttals. And did you notice what I did? Rebuttals, plural. They're giving two rebuttals. I don't exactly know if they're even rebuttals. So Rashida Tlaib, I think she's from Michigan, will will represent the leftist view of the Democratic Party. She's expected to talk about social and racial justice. She'll praise Joe Biden, and she's expected to 
uh, praise Build Back Better and rip on Mansion and Cinema. That's what she's expected to do. But then last night, they added another person, Congressman Colin Allard of Texas, a Democrat, will represent the Black Caucus. So you've got Biden, who's supposed to be moderate, Rashida Tlaib, who is supposed to be a leftist, and the uh, Colin Allard, who's from the Black Caucus. Huh. He'll talk about racial justice, equity, justice reform, and probably defunding the police, even though I hope he does. I hope he does. Tlaib is still pro-defunding the police. I hope she talks about it. Because it's really important we talk about race issues. By the way, today they passed a vote to make illegal lynching. This is the third time lynching has been made illegal, by the way. I'm not exactly... It's still... It was illegal before. It's also a hate crime. And now Congress just passed another bill that said, Hey, we're against lynching. You know what's sad? Oh, Republicans actually voted yes to this thing. Why did you, it's a waste of time. Why are you voting for that? Just say it's already illegal. I would, if I were a congressperson and I I get to sit back and talk for five minutes about anti-lynching laws, I would just walk up there and say, uh, yeah, it's already illegal. This is a waste of time. I vote no and walk away and I, or I abstain. I'm not voting for this. This is stupid. And say that, trust me, that would be the sound bite that people look at. Now, the question is, why are the Democrats putting in two people to rebut the State of the Union speech? I, I don't know. Are they rebutting it? Are they confirming it? Well, I've got a few. I've got several reasons, actually. One, Joe Biden can't say much about social justice, racism, and defunding the police. This speech, he's supposed to be unifying the the country and by talking about those things he is actually going to be splitting the country so i think he's going to be limited on some of the topics he can talk about joe biden is going to have to limit the amount of times he pats himself on the back because it's going to make him look out of touch and crap just ain't that great in this country and i think that has a lot to do with it so he'll have rashida Tlaib up there and maybe this Allard guy, I don't even know who he is, going up there and, and tapping him on the back. Patting him on the back. He's doing such a great job. And if people sit there and say, that's crap, then they could say, oh, they're just Congress people. I don't think, the other thing, I don't think Biden can talk that long. I think his speech needs to be two to three hours. And I think one of the problems they have is Biden seriously just can't talk that long. And what they're trying to do is they're trying to add to the speech to get that speech to two hours long. And finally, and I think this is the most notable, this is the one thing I thought of right off the bat, the Democratic Party is fractured. It's made up of three different parties. It's made up of the moderate Democrats. It's made out of the, uh, actually four parties. It's made out of the moderate Democrats. It's made out of the progressives, Nancy Pelosi. So Manchin would be a moderate Democrat. Pelosi would be a progressive. It's made out of the leftists, which are leftists. I, I hate leftists. And it's made out of black leftists, the Black Panther wing of that group. 
I don't want to hear anymore how fractured the Republican Party is. Because here's the thing. They don't look fractured. The Democrats look really fractured right now. Okay, so let's get to the last story. And it is the Supreme Court nominee that Joe Biden has selected. And of course, the Democrats are racist and sexist, so they nominate a black woman because men are bad. White men are definitely bad. Whites are bad. So this was a thing they wanted to do. I mean, I would not be surprised if tonight it was mentioned the first black justice. It's already been mentioned more than once by the media, even though there have been a couple of black justices. I don't know. Clarence Thomas, who's still there, and Thurgood Marshall. So, but whatever. It is. So let's listen to old Joe introduce his pick. And of course, we see another first in the nomination of Kutenji. Well, you saw her. I guess you saw Justice Brown. Justice Brown Jackson, who uh, is uh, on, the, on the Circuit Court of Appeals right now. Oh my God, this guy is so bad. First off, um... She's not a justice yet. She needs to be confirmed first. Uh, and, and I'll give Joe a little bit of credit, and then I'll take it away. He he does. He she does have kind of a difficult name to pro- pronounce. It's Katenji Katenji Brown Jackson Katenji. I swear to God, before this is all over, I will know how to pronounce her name. Okay, because I know how to pronounce all of the justices' names. And yeah, I got a feeling we'll be talking about her. But here's the thing. Even though I can't pronounce Katenji's name, and I use Katenji so I can uh, practice pronouncing Katenji, she'll be Justice Brown Jackson, but I'm going to practice Katenji until she becomes a justice. Um, I didn't nominate her. So I can have problems pronouncing her name he shouldn't. Maybe he should have practiced a little bit before he decided to go up in front of her introduction ceremony. I It's... Oh. Okay, a little bit about Katenji Brown-Jackson. She's 51 years old, which means she's going to have about 30 years on the Supreme Court. She was born in Washington, D.C. and grew up in Miami, Florida. She studied government in in at Harvard University where she received her BA and then studied law at Harvard University. And she comes from a line of people who studied at Harvard. So this is not a dumb human being. There's no question. She's very qualified. She worked as the vice chair at the United States Sentencing Commission. She was appointed to that board by Obama. Um, She was a judge for the United States District Court for the District of Columbia, Probably pretty high court. Uh, again, appointed by Obama. And she became the judge of the United States Court of Appeals for the District of Columbia Circuit. Again, appointed by Obama. So, I again, Obama appointing her. Unlike Joe Biden, Obama appointed her because she has the same beliefs as he does. Not because she's black. And not because she's a woman, but she has the same beliefs. So right off the bat, I can tell you right now that I'm not going to like any of her rulings. And I know what to expect with all of her rulings. So here it is. So let's go over some his- some history of her. 
And a lot of this I pulled from the Daily Wire. They did talk about it. There is, here. first thing to know, there is not a lot of, she did not write a lot of opinions. So there's not a lot of history, but the reality is her actions show her history. Um, she did have to get approved by Congress to get on the D.C. Court of Appeals, and she flew right through. I think it was something like 60, 30 or something like that. So she's going to get approved. And apparently she has a very outgoing, friendly personality. She is not like the other justices that are kind of more reserved. She is, she's is. she got a little spunk in her. I don't know about you. I kind of like that. If a leftist is going to be approved on the court, at least let her have some personality. She's not one of these old, cratchy, like... Uh, our, uh, um, Ginsburg was very standoffish and she was kind of an iffy personality. Sonia Montemayor doesn't sound like she can stick six sentences together. And Kagan, same thing. They're, they've got a very elitist personality. So she's not supposed to be like that. The American Bar Association, which, by the way, is kind of a leftist organization, said she was unanimously qualified for the D.C. Court of Appeals. And I'm assuming she's going to be considered... And D.C. Court of Appeals, by the way, is the second highest court behind the Supreme Court. So if they unanimously found her qualified for the D.C. Court of Appeals, you know they're going to do the same thing for the uh, for the Supreme Court. Um, she's been She worked as a public defender from 2005 to 2007. She was assigned by Obama to represent Kai Ali Gul, a, a Afghan detainee in Guantanamo Bay from 2003. He, he was eventually released by Obama in 2014, so God only knows who he's blowing up. Politico noted several of Jackson's rulings were overturned by a higher court, including those on Trump's attempt to fast-track deportation. So she's for illegal immigration and executive orders constraining government unions power so she's for unions right off the bat i don't like her as a uh, as a supreme court justice um biden did refer to her as one who looks at the constitution as a living document i can't stand and by the way if one republican votes for her just on that statement would be enough reason for me to say, yeah, no, this this is not a Supreme Court justice. I'm a contextualist. I believe you read the Constitution, you base it on the words of the Constitution. No, she believes that she can create law. So I've got a real problem with that. And I really don't give a damn how friendly she is at that point. She had one overturned case from the Department of Homeland Security's definition regarding non-citizens could be deported while another order relating to a collective bargaining power of federal employees. So again, she's pro she's pro illegal immigration and she's pro unions. Uh, according to them in 2019, Congress was battling with Trump, White House counsel, David McGann, Donald McGahn, about whether he should testify to the House Judiciary Committee. And the case, and basically what she said was, the president doesn't have immunity from the law. 
So in other words, the president, Trump, she, she's anti-Trump is essentially what it is. President Trump says something to her, to him, McCann, on um, foreign policy or domestic policy or anything like that. She believes that Congress should be able to compel personal conversations. That's really bad. That's really bad. And she's got a history of being, of course, being a public defender. She's got a history of being light on crime and light on sentencing. Now, I think every Republican should deny her. Simply because Obama, or Obama, the same thing, but Biden said that she believes in the living Constitution. I think she should be out. But this is not that big of a deal. She's probably, I think she's going to get confirmed probably 60-40. I don't think this is going to be that close. But if I were a Republican in the Congress, in the Senate, I would sit back and flat out say, no, absolutely not. And let Kamala Harris confirm her. It should be 50-50 in the Senate. It won't be. You got freaking rhinos like Romney who are just going to approve her right off the bat. But no, this is not a gal I want to be in uh, the Supreme Court. But the other thing about her is that um, this is not an important pick. She's replacing Stephen Breyer. Stephen Breyer is a leftist. He's always been a leftist. We saw that when we talked about the COVID restrictions. We talked about that with abortion. He believes in the living Constitution, too. So the conservative part party is still going to hold a majority, theoretically conservative, because I don't know if Roberts is a conservative, they're still going to hold a um, majority of six to three. So this is not a big deal. And even though Biden can tout he's got a Supreme Court justice, yeah, whatever. It doesn't make much of a difference. I just think the worst part is this gal is going to be on the Supreme Court for at least 30 years. At least. I mean, that's assuming nothing happens to her into her 80s. So we'll have to see. Okay. Visit my website at dumbassestalkingpolitics.com where I've got all my links. Uh, getting ready. The Let's see. It's two hours away. Three hours away. The State of the Union address. I'm going to start drinking right after I upload this. You guys have a great time. Talk to you tomorrow. This is Gene and you're listening to Dumbasses Talking Politics. Mm-hmm.